Welcome to That's What They Said, a podcast discussing the current trends of online transparency and how they impact physicians, hospitals, and health systems. I am Reed Smith, joined as always by Chris Boyer. How's it going? Pretty good, Reed. It's great to be here as always. And for those of you listening, uh, remember that this podcast is brought to you exclusively by Binary Fountain. That's right. And speaking of transparency, Binary Fountain's transparency solution, Binary Star Ratings, helps healthcare organizations increase online consumer engagement and become more a trusted voice in the physician selection process by publishing trusted ratings and reviews from patient experience surveys to their provider web pages. In this episode, we're excited to hear your interview read with Chrissy Daniels, who's the partner and leader of Prescani's Transparency, Consumerism, and Medical Practice Solutions. Uh, she was also formerly with the University of Utah Health, one of the very first hospital organizations in the country to embrace physician transparency. Absolutely. And so it was really fun to have a chance to visit with Chrissy and uh uh, wow, I, I, smart. I, you know, I learned stuff. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about you know how this has because of her experience and her long tenure with the University of Utah, how the transparency space has evolved. Um, you know, we talked about uh, you know why organizations should you know continue to find this important, and um, I, there's even some takeaways and some tips in there. So it's it's going to be a great conversation. I don't want to delay it any further, if you will. And so without further ado, let's uh, let's hear a little bit from uh, Chrissy Daniels. All right, Chrissy Daniels, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us today. Great to be here, Reed. Thanks. Chrissy Daniels, for those that don't know, is a partner over at Press Ganey. Uh, It actually heads up or is the leader of their transparency, consumerism, and medical practice solutions. Um, what, for those that aren't familiar with your background, and we'll get into that here in a minute, so you don't have to go too too deep there just yet. But what what is it you know what is it that brought you to Press Ganey, and, and maybe speak a little bit about what it is that you do there, and then overall, just for those that aren't familiar, what what Press Ganey does as a whole. So uh, for uh, about twenty plus years, I led efforts at University of Utah to um, increase the trust between patients and their doctors. Um, And we did that through uh, a lot of work, work on all aspects of our system. But but much of where we identified there were barriers were identified through um, Tresgany, which at that time was a measurement company uh, who helped Mm -hmm. measure the patient's experience in healthcare. Uh, During that 20 years, uh, Tresgany evolved and has uh, expanded well beyond their measuring um, pioneering routes to include some very deep analytics. Uh, They now not only measure the patient's experience of care, they measure safety, quality, employee and physician engagement, and now they're really in the improvement business. And and that's what attracted me to join them. it was. It has been a thrill to spend my career at the University of Utah, where 10,000 plus employees and a thousand plus doctors really um, joined together to become national leaders in the area of patient experience. And there was an opportunity to bring those lessons learned and spread them around the country. 
Very cool. And for you know, a lot of folks probably know you and know your work at, at the University of Utah, and, and you, you mentioned a little bit of that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, everything from being an analyst to director of you know customer service to patient experience and those types of things. And so over that 20 years, um, I, I'm assuming early on, what was it talked about as transparency? What was that? No, around? no, that was uh, coined by people outside our organization. <laughs> um, you know, one day I walked into a, a outpatient medical director meeting, and uh, a physician who I'd worked with for years, a physician who was passionate about taking care of her patients, uh, told me, "Hey, Chrissy, there's this review on." on vitals.com and it is completely untrue and really cruel and we need to do something about it. You know, I immediately went out and did some research and, and saw these, you know, the few, but really um, amazingly cruel comments. And I said, well, you know, we can't, we'll try to address that one, but, but the reality is there's three comments on these third party sites and I have, 150 comments from your grateful patients that are coming from patient experience surveys. So I thought the way to fight a fire is with a fire hose. We had a lot more content. It was a lot more balanced. It was much richer. And with the partnership of my chief medical officer, Tom Miller, he and I put together a, a, a pilot where we, we, lined up all our patient experience data with all the ratings for our faculty on third-party sites and with their support and trepidation, let's be honest, um, we became the first system in America to post patient experience comments on the internet. That was back in 2012. And since then, uh, you know, hundreds of organizations have followed in our footsteps. Yeah, and there's obviously the, the technology side of that equation, but I think one thing that you mentioned right there is pretty interesting is the, the trepidation from the provider side. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how do you how do you navigate that? I know a lot of people deal with that now, and there's there's trepidation around doing anything new, uh, and especially in the transparency space. But you know, what 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 did you guys learn from kind of walking through that with those providers? Well, the the trepidation you can't work around it, you must work through it. Um, mm. I, I think what some people, you know, this is such a, a novel solution and it makes so much sense when one works in, in digital content that it seems to just be really straightforward. But what we need to remember is that this is completely dearly held um, information for doctors. I, I tell people that Doctors having patient reviews online is, for many of us, would be the equivalent of having parental reviews online. It would be like if someone was reviewing my capability as a parent on the Internet. It's really personal. Mm-hmm. And and it it needs to be tackled in a very personal way. Um, the, the good news is, is that in the six years since University of Utah has gone live, you know, Dozens and dozens of organizations have gone live, and there's never been an organization where this wasn't um, emotional. So if you don't want to talk about emotion, then you'll. this is not the job for you. But just because it's emotional doesn't mean it can't be really beneficial. And I think the people who are pioneering this work in their organizations um, need to embrace 
that doctors care what patients say about them, and that this really is a, a means to more effectively uh, communicate to patients what it's going to be like to be in the care of this doctor. And, and what we've learned in the past six years is that patients don't expect their doctors to be perfect, although doctors expect themselves to be perfect. Patients yeah. don't. They just want to know, what's it really going to be like? Um, how should I prepare? Is this the right fit for me? Um, what we found over and over again, because, you know, we carefully watched the practices of, of all of our doctors, is that patients having or having negative patient comments on a site didn't necessarily dissuade patients from coming to the doctor. They did prepare them. Um, I know that there are studies, and, and I, I'm not, you know, an expert on how they were designed, but I will tell you that we saw that our um, – Lower-rated doctors had as many new patients as our higher-rated doctors. Um, And in fact, you know, patients would actually write that they had read the comments. There became this meta-analysis where patients would would go to a doctor who perhaps had some critical feedback, and then they would argue with the critical feedback on their patient experience. (laughs) They would say, like, I read all the comments, and I still scheduled with this doctor, and I would tell you, don't be hesitant to schedule with this doctor. So really, there became this back and forth. And and what we discovered over time as we really analyzed the the way uh, consumers engage with that content, that, that they're really looking at three things. They want the comments. So putting up ratings without comments is not going to influence behavior at all. Okay. And the, they want the comments. And, and we know because of the search engine analytics that patients were spending between um, four and six minutes on page on average, which is a very long time. They're consuming all of the content on the page. They want to read, they search out the negative review, and they do that to, to manage their risk. They want to understand what is the worst, what's the worst experience that any patient has had in this care situation. Right, but then right. immediately yeah. as, after they identify the worst case scenario, they begin to discount it and they will look for confirming information. So if there's a worst case scenario comment and there's no theme found in the rest of the comments, they're, they're very savvy that, you know, we're, we're very sophisticated consumers of digital content right now. So they will discount it if there's not a pattern. And then even if they find a pattern, and even if they find the pattern, though, Ree, they will look very carefully through um, confirming details to see if in the pattern of feedback, can they find any confirming qualities of their viewers that the people who wrote this are anything like me? Are they people who share my values? And if they don't think Uh that's true, they'll discount it as well. But they want the information. You were going to say something. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting, and, and I guess, and I've never thought about it that way, but that's how I approach things I buy on Amazon. Right. right? So, I mean, I, I still look at that negative comment, and I go, oh, well, sure, that's not the way that's meant to be used. And so I'll discount the negative review, or or that one's really or that one's really old. That's not that's not talking about this current version of this product or piece of software. Yeah. And like if you're looking at iTunes or something, and so yeah. that is funny because you do want to see. And we've always said, or I've always thought it to be true that 
if, if it was just all five stars, it looks like you're censoring something first off, you know, right. it just, it doesn't, it doesn't look real. And, and I right. think people understand that they're dealing with people and, you know, this is going to be a little bit of a give and take and it's real and people make mistakes or whatever the scenario is. I think the idea of it being, you know, 4.8 is actually probably better than 5.0. Right. Right. And, and the, the issue is, so even a, a lower performing doctor with, you know, a consistent theme, perhaps they're very matter of fact. And some mm. patients find that uncaring, but other patients say, you know, the, you know, in this case, I'm thinking of a surgeon. Uh, they said surgery was great. It was, all went smooth. And then there are people who say, you know, this physician was, was not as empathetic as I wanted, perhaps didn't talk to me holistically about the care as I wanted. Well, there are plenty of people in America who are looking for an incredibly capable surgeon, and they're willing to forgo some of these other qualities. And what happens is this is not a ratings game. It almost becomes, I say it's not a ratings game. It's a compatibility test. Oh, it wow. lets okay. patients find the doctor that fits them. And there's a lot of reasons, and I think you can think of them and I can think of them, where I might choose very willingly to see a physician who perhaps didn't have the warmest bedside banner. And it, and it can be things like access. It can be things like specialty skills. It can be, um, it can be things just like convenient location. Um, not everyone right. places a premium on emotional engagement, but there are right. plenty who do. And if they're all going to the other doctor, then I can see this one who I see as capable and, um, and competent. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and what my hope is is that doctors they really pressured themselves to be everything to everyone, and and I think transparency uh, allow if you know what I what I would say to physicians is you be the best you you can be. You don't have to be everything. Do what you do extremely well, and then be transparent and let the patients who want you find you. It becomes a much easier situation. But that's only after trust is earned. And I will say that, um, you know, I've advised maybe not every organization in the country who's gone transparent, but a good portion of them. And I say um, all of us know the Internet can be cruel. This is a way um, we can be completely honest with our patients, but we don't have to embrace the the episodic cruelty that we see happen in all the channels that we um, engage with on the internet. This is a way to reduce the 0.01% of respondents who may say things that, you know, really do cross the, cross the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. So I think, you know, I always thought of it as, you know, what we know, um, and, and I know Aaron uh, may or may not speak to this, but the level of engagement around health experiences on social media channels is blowing up. He just completed a study, and, you know, now 75% of Americans of all ages report writing about a, a health concern on a social media channel. Mm-hmm. That's huge. 
Um, so the dialogue is going to be out there. This is a way for health systems to be part of that dialogue, to contribute meaningfully to that dialogue, but to do it in a civil way. So, so along those lines, with the with the introduction of social media and things like that, how how have you seen uh, the, the quote unquote transparency evolve since this kind of this 2012 mark when when <laughs> you know the University of Utah introduced what we all know as HCAPs or you know, patient experience type scoring on the website? What, what what has transpired over the last six seven years that you how has that evolved in your mind? Well, sadly. Not that much. Okay. We really haven't moved that quickly. I will say that not even the majority of health systems post this information, even though 95% of Americans turn to the Internet to research a doctor before they even talk to their friends or family. So the Mm. first step is just the basics haven't involved. We are beginning to see some very exciting work done um, by pioneering organizations around price transparency, which – I think many people thought would be uh, of great interest to consumers, but it hasn't, they haven't necessarily adopted it as much as they do looking for consumer reviews. Oh, I just saw though, I will to say this, ProPublica just released a dollars for doctors database where you can look up any doctor in the U.S. and see if they've accepted financial remuneration from pharma or implant companies, Hmm. which is very interesting and provocative. So if you haven't looked up dollars for docs, that'll uh, give you a preview into the future. So that's coming. Okay. What about, what about social media? Have we we seen the evolution of some of the review platforms or the importance of them? Well, what I think we understand now is that feedback is going to come on whatever platform the patient wants that we're increasingly seeing that patients are loyal to their review platform, whether it's Facebook or Google or Yelp, and they'll be, it's very platform, um, they don't go to a third platform like Vitals or um, HealthGrade to rate their doctors. Mm-hmm. They are just rating their doctors on the platform of their choice. And we're sure. completely seeing that. I think early on, um, physicians and and health systems are really reluctant to respond to uh, feedback, Uh, and I see that changing. I see health systems actively engaging in dialogue across all platforms to either thank people for their feedback or to follow up with them about any concerns, so we're seeing that really explode. So in the old days, you saw the comment, but you didn't touch it. You didn't engage with it. And we're very much seeing that change. And I think sure. consumer expectation is that there's acknowledgement and engagement. And so that's... Very, very much so. Yeah, very much so. I mean, we're, we're seeing this even with, with hospitals in general, the, the level of and sophistication of questions, even not the reviews, but just questions coming in via these social channels is is pretty wild um, that you would not have thought of. You know, people in the facility asking questions and you're thinking, why are they asking this via Facebook? Like they're in the hospital, like ask someone there, you know? And so again, I think it's just that perception of what the need is and where they're going to get, you know, service from. Well, the funny thing is if we think about how communication has evolved, 
people are committed to communicating, but they really do become very dependent on the channel they choose. And so for a lot of people, interpersonal communication is not comfortable. And in times of stress, you're going to go to your place of comfort. And so if the way you communicate with the world is Facebook or, you know, Google or Yelp, then that's where you're going to go. And as health systems, we need to have our ears open so that we can hear feedback wherever it's coming from. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, what about what about on the flip side? So from from the idea of actually engaging and looking and and understanding the consumerism side of, of the equation, is there technology out there, or not specifically by name, but are you seeing where you know technology is becoming the driver for how we engage and how we measure and understand what patient experience actually means and looks like? Well, I think um, absolutely. Uh, I think there's understanding the experience. I think there's improving the experience. I think, you know, there's a lot of investment in bringing uh, patients into designing solutions in real time and in real space instead of implementing something and then getting feedback afterwards. Some of those are high-tech, but I'll tell you, some of them are low-tech. Don't underestimate the power of bringing some patients around a table and having a conversation. I think uh, health systems that don't have robust uh, technology budgets should not feel hamstrung um, because uh, you don't need technology to engage patients. It can make it broader. It can make it faster. It can make it more convenient. It can make it more inclusive. But challenge yourself and start with what you got. You can walk into a waiting room in your health system right now and talk to some people. They'll tell you what right. they think. <laughs> yeah, they will. They, they definitely will. Um, and I think that's interesting. I think, you know, we, we've sat back and waited on surveys to come in or we've waited on someone else to go figure out some of these things. And, um, and so I think those that are running these departments and even – even the folks in marketing and communications, because that's a lot of the folks who listen to, to some of these shows, um, you know, have a role to play um, in, in the patient experience story. And, and if I had one challenge to people who do live in more of the Marcom side of the house, that the question that I have is, do you know the treasure trove of data that you have across the hall in the patient experience office that you have incredibly robust feedback that can be sliced and diced by demographic, by geographic area, by condition, by admission date. What I find um, is that oftentimes those two offices aren't working together. And I, I worked in, I was fortunate. I had a great, really collaborative working relationship with my team, but they also knew that every week I got 3,500 comments coming in about the care that was delivered in our health system the week before. Wow. And if they want, that's what I'm talking about. There's far more data. If you're robustly engaging with your health system using electronic surveying, there's more data coming into your system every week than is showing up on the entire World Wide Web. (laughs) But you just need to unlock that data. So go to your patient experience partner 
tell them the questions you're trying to answer and navigate the data together because, you know, I could tell our network development team who was going to Ely, Nevada, the patient experience for every patient who had been in Ely, Nevada and had come to our facility, no matter where they encountered care, no matter when. I could tell them, here's what they say, here's here are the value propositions we bring for them. And when they were going back to the health system to do network development, they could bring the voice of the patients of Ely, Nevada back to the doctors they were seeking referrals from. No, I think that's, that's, I think that's great. That's there. So go find that great. data. So for, for those, I mean, that's a great tip, but, you know, you, you mentioned a minute ago, you know, just the amount of data and, and some of this is or does seem daunting, if you will. And so for those, uh, because because we do still have a lot of folks, you know, just now wading into this space, what, what are some of those uh, couple of key things that they could, you know, start working on today? You know, where, where do you start uh, in this transparency journey? So if, if transparency is a, a conversation that hasn't been explored in your organization, uh, we've talked about the fact that it can be an emotional conversation. Sometimes you're the provocateur who's bringing a really uh, interesting and scary idea to the health system. The first thing is I, I'd like to arm you with some facts. Uh, we just completed a national study of healthcare decision makers at Prescaney which identified sort of the emerging uh, behaviors of patients in, in engaging with uh, digital content. And I'd recommend that you download that white paper. It'll give you some facts that will support you bringing this information to your health system. Number one, it's not you, the, the Marcom expert who is trying to change healthcare. The patients are the ones who are changing healthcare and you can, you're the one bringing the information back to the system. So that's one. The second is, if this conversation is happening, but people aren't quite ready yet, I recommend that you add some more consumer-friendly content to your provider profile. I would recommend that you start answering questions on your physician profiles like, what's the physician's philosophy of care? And you can do this by interviewing them, or you can even just interview them and make a little video on your phone. It doesn't have to be really high-tech. Actually, patients like more organic content. Um, add information about the team. How does, how does the doctor work with physical therapists, pharmacists, nurses? Patients really want to understand how the team works. Um, how, if it's a teaching hospital, what, what are the role of residents and trainees? There's some add more consumer content to your provider profile. The third thing is um, go collaborate with uh, your patient experience colleagues. Um, bring a specific question. Don't say, what do you have? But say, you know, we've had a request from orthopedics to put together um, some digital content. Could you um, extract comments from orthopedics patients for the last six months and let's see what the positive value proposition has been. Something really specific. And then, and then lastly, uh, stay engaged. You have a very interesting perspective on the marketplace and you have the ability to challenge the organization to understand that 
embracing digital content gives us an enormous amount of latitude. It can allow us to tailor content to meet the needs of very specific patients. It's cost-effective, and it's really where the patients are going. And so it gets, allows you to get a lot more bang for your, uh, your investment and, and gets you to the patients who are making decisions. That is great. That is great. Man, that is, that is such great conversation and, and, and just a wealth of information. And uh, for those listening, we'll be sure to link uh, to that white paper uh, in the show notes and some of the other resources. Um, Christy, thanks for your time. Thanks for coming on and spending a few minutes with us. And I uh, look forward to having you back on in the future. It was great to be here. Thank you so much for calling. Thanks. All right, I am here now with Aaron Clifford, Senior Vice President of Marketing with Binary Fountain. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show for a few minutes. Hey, thanks for having me, Reed. So, really great conversation with with Chrissy uh, about uh, just kind of where where this industry has been as far as transparency, where it's going. Obviously, she's been in the thick of that for quite some time at this point. Um, but she she made mention of something interesting, um, and we'll we'll definitely link to this in the show notes. But uh, an ebook that you guys uh, pushed out not too terribly long ago is titled uh, "Growing Influence of the Online Healthcare Consumer," which were findings from the 2018 Healthcare Consumer Insight and Digital Engagement Survey, and sh- she gave some pretty alarming stats in there. I don't know if alarming is really the right word. But anyway, the Americans, you know, and you can talk to this probably better than I can, but, you know, from a couple of iterations of the survey, you've really seen a spike in the willingness to share an experience online, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely have seen that spike. Just in terms of we performed the survey first in 2017 and then, you know, ran it the same questions. Um, added a couple more questions to the survey, but um, for trending purposes, kept some of the same questions in there. And one of those questions that we asked were, uh, or who has shared a personal healthcare experience online? And in 2017, only of the thousand individuals who we pulled through one poll, a survey company, we in 2017 it was only 31% that they had shared. Um, a personal healthcare experience in social media. So that could have been on a review site, but it also could have been just on their own personal Facebook page or Twitter or Instagram. Um, but in 2018, that number went from 31% to 51% of Americans uh, had shared a personal healthcare experience. So that was a significant mm-hmm. increase. And then of the millennials, uh, so that was all ages, and um, but of the millennials that specifically the 18 to 34 age range, um, we saw 70% said that they had shared an experience about a physician or a hospital online. So it's, um, it, you know, just the increase from 31 to 51 was a massive increase there. And mm-hmm. then, you know, just seeing, you know, age group-wise, across all measures, they all went up. But um, the millennial ones was definitely a significant one. Um, well, so uh, we, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll probably do the, well, I mean, I know we'll do the same survey this year, but I'm sure we'll see the numbers increase as well. Well, I would assume you'll probably see the all Americans continue to increase as millennials just become all Americans, right? 
Yeah, right. Yeah, that's kind of the way that, I mean, that's a pretty good, you know, trailing indicator that, you know, 70% of the millennials, well, that just, that shows us where this is headed, right? It's not okay. just, um, oh, well, that's just millennials. Well, I mean, that that's who we're focused on. Um, so it, I, I think that's, I think that's pretty fascinating, pretty, pretty interesting. So, um, you know, something else in there that I found, found pretty cool, uh, was, you know, when you're getting into the reliability, um, of, of ratings, of online ratings, right? And I think you guys referenced Amazon and there's kind of paving the way that people, um, expect, you know, that kind of star rating and, the verbatim comments and things like that in and amongst things that we interact with, not just consumer goods. Uh, but this idea that, you know, 95% of the respondents told you that they find online ratings and reviews somewhat to very reliable. Um, that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a significant stat just in terms of, you know, anecdotally, we know it just, all of us who have kids or just our own health, we go and we, if we are given a physician's name or a facility's name uh, or clinic's name, we go and Google it. We want to know it's sort of with the amount of uncertainty there is around health uh, consumers. And I'll speak for myself, but we also see consumers and this stat proves it. We want to remove as much uncertainty about the experience and treatment as possible. And so reviews and ratings are a mechanism to do that, is to reduce some of the uncertainty of what's going to happen. You can read about a patient that had an experience with the physician or at the facility, um, you know, as well as other information that you're gathering, obviously insurance and other treatment mm-hmm. options. But, um, you know, from a, um, additionally in that study, you know, 20% of the respondents said that the online ratings and review sites have influenced their decision when selecting a physician. So that was, you know, everybody. Um, I mean, that's the majority, right? So we, right. they are influential and it must, you know, the, in the industry, you, there are concerns about either not enough information on the review sites or unfair. But we're seeing as the number increases every year, year over year, we're seeing about a 50% increase. And this is across all the positions that we are tracking just in our, in our uh, database and our analytics, which is around 900,000 physicians and providers, I should say. We're seeing an increase significant year over year of 40 to 50% increase in the number of reviews. So as those numbers uh, continue to increase, there's more information that's uh, relevant to the healthcare consumer. And I think that's why it's, you know, making such an influence on the decision of the physician, what physician you're going to choose or facility where to be treated. That's great. I, so something, and I'm curious, I'd love to get your kind of opinion on this. Um, you know, as healthcare marketers, a lot of times the job of responding to these reviews fall to us or our department or, you know, part of the organization. And something in here that I thought was interesting and maybe somewhat analogous, I just was curious your thoughts, but uh, there's a stat in here, um, 43% of consumers across all age groups, like the wait time is the most frustrating part of visiting the doctor. 
right? And and I don't know that that's anything terribly earth shattering. That's what frustrates most people is is having to wait, right? On on anything. Do do you think that carries across in the level of responsiveness uh, that we have online to the reviews? No, I mean I think there's a element of you know are are you responding to the the patients across all channels, right? Whether you're calling mm-hmm. and you're on hold for a long time or definitely when you're in the waiting room and you're waiting, you know, my appointment was at 10 a.m. and I've still not seen anybody at 1045 and no one's really responded and let me know what's going on, kept me informed. I think those all influence it. Um, you know, from an online response, I don't, we don't have that data to show if that plays into it, but, you know, we, we encourage our customers to respond within 24 hours and, um, as soon as possible. You know, even if you can respond soon, respond sooner, please do, uh, because it shows you're responsive to not only that patient or consumer or caregiver, you know, some, a lot of times the reviews are coming from caregivers, not just the patient. But it also in, lets everyone else know that you're a responsive caregiver, I should say provider, and you're, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to provide the best possible service. Well, I, there's a lot in here, and we could probably go slide by slide or page by page, uh, but I'll let, I'll let individuals do that. Again, we'll kind of link, let folks download this. Uh, at their leisure, but there's a lot of really great information here. I'm looking forward to the the next iteration. So, what what time of year do you guys typically do this? Uh, we typically release the results in the August September timeframe. So we do okay. the the polling in uh, July, and then we analyze the results and you know, try to publish them before the end of the third quarter. So we'll be on track to do that again this year. And, um, you know, really interested to see what changes there are, you know, especially with some of the, I think this year, just a hypothesis of mine, uh, will be just in wondering how the, all the privacy concerns, how much of that will have an impact on what people share. Um, and if some of those opinions have changed or, you know, we also ask what platform you share on and Facebook has been the leading one. So anyway. We'll we'll have to wait to see what those results say, but I, I'm I have a hypothesis that some some responses may be smaller, um, but some may be sure. greater. So we'll see. Sure. Well, very cool. Well, thanks, man, for for spending a few minutes again, Aaron yeah, Clifford, definitely senior vice president marketing over at Binary Fountain, and uh, we'll we'll certainly link to all your social profiles that people want to want to track you down and all that kind of good stuff. But uh, thanks for spending a few minutes. Thank you, Reed. Appreciate the time. All right. Wrapping up another great episode of that's what they said. Again, thank you to Chrissy Daniels for coming on. And uh, you know what, in the spirit of today's uh, episode around transparency, I'd be remiss if I did not talk about uh, Binary Fountain and their transparency solution, Binary Star Ratings. So Binary Star Ratings helps healthcare organizations increase online consumer engagement and become a more trusted voice in the physician selection process by publishing trusted ratings and reviews from patient experience surveys to their provider web pages. Exactly what we heard Chrissy talking about today. Uh, consumers value credible, honest online reviews that provide the entire picture on a physician. So if you'd like to learn more 
uh, or even schedule a demo. You can visit them online at binaryfountain.com. Again, that's binaryfountain.com. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.